Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. All right, here we are at the Autism Health Conference. Thanks to our friend Tracy Slepsevic, bringing people together from all over the world, much less all over the United States. And, you know, one of the most prolific states for uh, an audience for this show for many years has been, yep, California. Not only because there are a lot of people there or maybe there are a lot fewer people there because they've been leaving. But maybe the people that are staying there have some stuff that's going on that we need to know about. Uh, health, freedom, healing, liberty, always on the line here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And uh, in this conversation, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, perk or perks. I don't know where to find out, but it's it's related to uh, something's going on in California. If I can read the small writing here, I might even know what this is about because we're going to learn about it. Uh, so. Right now, I'm going to welcome to the show, Amy Bohn, B-O-H-N, right? B-O-H-N, like John with a B. Nice to meet you. Right. And and for those of you that are going to learn about this or maybe know about it before even I do, the cool thing about coming to these events is you never know who you're going to meet. And you might find uh, an issue or issues that you hadn't heard about or the way it's being responded to you didn't know. And this is certainly one of those things when we talk about education uh, for kids. And uh, unfortunately, as I have referred to my upbringing. I was growing up in public school systems all the way up through the university. I went to a private university, but I had to unlearn most of what I learned even back in the 70s and 80s to know what I know today. So I don't know if it's gotten better or worse, but in California, there's news I need to know about. But Amy, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for having the conversation with me. Um, I want to learn about what's going on. I mean, we have so many listeners that we care about in California, the ones that are still there. You know, there are a lot of people leaving because of Gavin Newsom. Yes. But there are are people that are staying to fight. Absolutely. um, Besides allowing kids to steal up to $950 worth of merchandise in a store without uh, what are they teaching the kids in California? That's it. Nothing else. Right. (laughs) Just take those, those items from the store and you won't get punished. Yeah. I mean, that's really good. We used to teach our kids stealing was wrong. And now the governor goes, "Eh, if you steal a little bit or a pretty decent amount, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do a lot worse than just that in California right now, which is why we're there to stay there and fight and make sure that, uh, we're contending with some of the most extreme policies, I think, in the country. What is it that, uh, let's say, causes you and your family to want to stay and fight? Because, uh, and I respect that immensely, but there are a lot of people who are going, forget it. I, I'm just done with this. And they're out of there and they're finding greener pastures because the alignment with your principles, you know, if you have any sort of conservative constitutional backbone, you're like looking at the state and going, I don't know. I think this is communism. This is, doesn't fit. So to leave, I understand why. But you're staying to fight. What is it about? Is it the spirit going to come down and you say you must stay and fight? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of, of that where you we feel inspired to stay. We feel, felt inspired to leave Texas. I know of all places, which is a free country. No, <laughs> yes, we, we actually did. We left Texas in 2018. I'm looking at your husband now. I'm like, he's intense. Yeah. I'm like, what was he up for a battle? Yeah. I mean, he didn't have enough. It's too easy in Texas. I know. I know. But there's a lot of, you know, great gun laws in Texas and that's it. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's uh, true too. I agree with that. But going to California. bigger in Texas, yes, right? So they, they say. 
they disarm you in California. I don't like that. True, true. But my husband is actually from California. We've been married oh, okay. almost 24 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm originally from Arkansas. Uh, we were living at in Texas at the time. And um, my husband's a third generation Californian. And we had always wanted to move to the state of California. It's beautiful, you mm -hmm. know, geographically. You have the beaches and the mountains within just a dry, you know few hours drive one or the other and, and, and confiscatory taxation because you love giving money to government right, right? we right. love giving away all of our freedoms right. all of our money yeah. and our our parental rights yes. so we decided to move to california you guys just <laughs> like to take on challenges i take that out it's like yeah. you know it's hard enough to have a successful marriage for 24 years i'm heading to 30 like yeah this is too easy let's go to california let's go to california while we're at it let's go to california on top of <laughs> and we have three children and oh two dogs gosh. Now. So, How old are your kids? Uh, currently, the, we've got one in college. He's 20 okay. years old. Right. On a, uh, he's at Gonzaga University, and he's on a study abroad program in England right now, oh, okay. studying business. Mm. And then we have a college, uh, so college, and then we have a high school age son who's mm. 16 who asked us to take him out of the public school system, which is a whole other story. Okay. And then we have a, a 13 year old daughter. So mm. two teenagers and a college age. Well, you know, my concern as a homeopath and a dad is the uh, draconian, uh, let's say, unconstitutional for mandates of, of, for instance, vaccines, experimental injections in children right. without religious exemption. Mm -hmm. That seems to be a fundamental violation. Now, I don't know where you guys stand on that issue. More people than not are looking at those shots and going, uh, no more, no way, no how. I don't know how you guys have navigated California. How long have you been back in California? Okay, so we, we moved there in 2018. And okay. honestly, you asked the first question you asked is why did we go there? Was there any kind of inspiration to that too? And mm. what, you know, what's happening there? Yeah. Along with what's how what's our stance on the mandate? So right. number one, it was God inspired or you know, divine, I think, yeah. for us to go because when we got there in 2018, we were right at the beginning, I think, of some of the most extreme things California was gonna bring yeah. forward before the lockdown. Right. So um, you know, our family was there. Yes, it's crazy to move from Texas to California because it's like a culture shock. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely, people think it's a culture shock to move to the South because it's the South. That's where I'm from originally. I'm, a, I'm an honorary Southerner. I was born in New York City, but oh, oh. We, we, we grew up. <laughs> I grew up 30 years in Georgia and became an honorary okay. Southerner. So I, I really align more with that. So I'm with you in Arkansas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, and so you know the thing is, is California. When we moved in there in 2018, that was really. I think the the climax of what they were doing to try to remove um, the medical exemptions from children, right. kicking kids out of school related to the vaccine issue. So they had already taken away the religious exemption in 2015. Mm -hmm. And then in 2018, um, 2019, they started to remove all the medical exemptions as well. So when we moved to California, all of this was happening. And I'll be honest, I was totally oblivious to this issue mm -hmm. um, in Texas because we didn't have to fight for it the same way. It wasn't at the front or right in front of us. Our kids weren't being kicked out of school. We had a religious exemption in Texas. Oh, you already had that. We there. already okay, had yeah. that, but I didn't have to say anything about it. Sure. We could just submit it. Nobody said anything. We were totally fine. Nobody pushed back at it, um, on us at the school. Nobody wrote any laws to remove a parental rights or those exemptions itself. So we were fine in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I would actually say not just fine, but we were complacent. I was complacent because I didn't understand yeah. this fight and how much we were needed, um, you know, to say something and to make sure that our voice was uh, out there for all children. So then when we moved to California and I realized what is going on here I understood something for the first time, and that was what happens in California actually impacts the entire country. Sure. So yeah. you said that people are leaving the state, and you're right, they are. People are giving up on California. People 
think, you know what, why, why stay in California? They do, they're doing all these things, they're taking away your rights. And that's true, they are, they're trying to. But m my issue with that is, where are you gonna go? Because eventually, if we don't stay and fight and make sure that we're, we're holding California strong mm -hmm. on all of these issues, they're gonna make it to Texas. Yeah. They're gonna make it to um, you know, Georgia or any of these states that are, I would say, more free and, and protective of our constitutional yeah. rights and parental rights. So, you know, if you love freedom and you're still in California, some people would say you're bonkers. I would say you're a badass. <laughs> because you're willing to take on that. take on something that like a lot of people, good people have said, you know what, I, I, I this is just too much. Right. It's a lost cause. And I don't ever like to say anything's a lost cause. I believe if there's breath, there's life, there's potential for transformation and change. And of course, uh, even as, as bad as I perceive from the outside, just mm -hmm. to visiting, not living there, uh, I would say that it could get so bad that even people that embrace those policies and, and we're catalysts for those policies that we do not approve of that are taking away your freedom. Even some of those people will find, oh, wait, that's not what I thought it was going to be or what it was like and may change their mind and may help to usher in, you know, because of the loss of freedom, a, re a renaissance of freedom. I'd like to think that. I don't know if you have evidence of that, but I'm, I'm trying to be positive here. I have evidence of change. And let mm -hmm. me tell you why. Um, this isn't just a sprint. It's not just something that we can change policies and culture overnight. Yes. So it's a marathon. You know, it's something where we're in it and we're as long as it takes. And in California, change is happening and people are changing their minds on the policies because I think the problem is um, people are so used to voting just on political lines mm -hmm. or party lines that they right. forget to actually think for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so what we do at PERC is we actually teach those legislators and those senators and those representatives and the people and the parents and um, all these different communities, faith leaders, you name it, influencers, how to think for themselves. We're trying to show them, we're trying to show them that that policy that they're about to push forward and trying to um, push on the people is actually bad policy. It's not about Democrats or Republicans wow. or conservatives or, or you, liberals. It's about transcending those political lines and understanding that there are fundamental values hmm. that we actually agree on. We disagree on how they're implementing it. They think that they, they need the state to come in and to the schools and, and do right. this and do that and take away parental rights. But we're saying you as a legislator or a senator, you have kids, you're a Democrat. OK, we don't care that you're a Democrat, but we can agree that right here on this particular issue, a minor doesn't have the ability to have the brain to even consent to anything. So if we can agree on that, then let us show you how your policy is actually detrimental to children. And so we're finding ways that I think are really, yeah. really unique to transcend what normally has this brick wall um, for change. And we're seeing that change and changing hearts and minds in California. Yes, well, in you're, California. You're, you're asking people to turn off the automatic pilot, mm -hmm. right? Because they, they've just been on automatic. Right. That's and, and so you're kind of waking up and going, you know what? This automatic pilot is leading you into a very dangerous place. And yet, how do you make that bridge? And I think what you're talking about is being very creative and innovative. And uh, I think utilizing the gifts God gives us all, even a creative imagination to figure out how do we communicate something that has, we failed to communicate uh, to make an, an impact. A dent yes, on actually, on the communication point, I'll tell you something. Mm -hmm. So I think this is where we lose sometimes. And that is sometimes when we're really passionate about issues um, or valuing freedom, for example, or we don't like that the mandates were being pushed on everybody, which I totally agree with that. We do not support the COVID mandate. 
We fought, um, you know, on the front lines of California to protect children from being kicked out of school, first responders, you name it, lawsuits. We did all that. However, when you want to impact and have effective change happen, it actually doesn't work to come in yelling and screaming and throwing bricks. Okay, I know we feel like doing that. And, you know, people are so upset and angry, rightfully so. But when you walk in and you're trying to have a conversation with someone who completely disagrees with you or hasn't seen your paradigm for the the first time, you aren't going to make any leeway at all to come in in that type of spirit. So you have to come into these conversations one at a time with the tenacity and the creativity and thinking outside the Mm -hmm. box of I want to connect with that person so that we can actually find ways you to have to be something. very present I mean? and then yes. this is something if we think about education for kids and, mm-hmm. and by the way if i look it's really tiny on this card look it <laughs> says perk p-e-r-k there it is and it says protection protect, of the education of no rights of kids. yeah you know what it says protection yes. of the educational rights of kids yet what we're educating kids and i'm not not just in california i'm thinking across the board in public school systems even where you think it's a better school they're not teaching kids how to communicate like this Mm-mm. They're not teaching kids how to be present and actually listen and engage and critically think and, and be better for it, even if you come away still in disagreement. Uh, so when we talk about educational rights of kids, it's interesting. The term rights is something most people don't even know the definition of that, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they utilize rights and privileges interchangeably. True. And we recognize that if we subjugate ourselves to governments that say it's your right to have an education, then um then do you have the right to steal it from somebody, you know, to force them to educate you uh, or versus the, you know, it's a great honor and privilege, but you still want to be able to compensate someone who's a teacher. If they're a good teacher, especially. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it is an engaging of, of, of something of value for something of value. And I think we've also lost that because everything has come well, it's sort of free, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it just happens. Right. We automatically think, so it's a right. We have like a right to healthcare. If I have a right to healthcare, do I have a right to, to put a gun to a doctor's head and say, give me healthcare? that's not a right you know Mm -hmm. so uh and i just bring this up because i'm into education and words Mm -hmm. and definitions and historical Mm -hmm. meanings and i love to engage in this and i love what you're doing too thank you uh, with perk and by the way the the website is perk p-e-r-k dash group.com in california working on this and and uh one of the greatest things that i'm hearing from you in the brief time now that i've connected with you is the desire to meet people who disagree with you, but engage with them and somehow creatively find a way in where there's been nothing but blockades. Right. And that's one of the greatest lessons we can teach our kids, mm-hmm. whether it's official school teaching or just being an example for kids to witness adults that can engage and not yell and scream at one another because we disagree. Right. Right. We actually disagree. We actually agree often on more things than we disagree. It's mm-hmm. just that, how they're being implemented is the space where we disagree, yeah. right? And so we find those commonalities in the connection. Um, and I will also say too, I think the other thing that Perk is really good at, and mm. I think this is super important for people who, no matter what state that they live in, yeah. we really help teach. We, we break down whatever the issue is into digestible information, not only for legislators, senators, or influencers, but also for everyday people so they yeah. know how to engage on the issue and get involved and take action. Right. So, and the reason why that's so significant is in a state like California, people think, oh, like you said, oh, people are asleep or they're not doing anything, they should just leave. Well, instead of leaving, we show people what kind of effective action they can actually take. And that effective action has mm. produced millions of actions in California just on the pa- in the past couple of years through our PERC 
advocacy program. So, nice. and it's brought forward change. So, and, and it's not even complicated. It's as simple as we've taught people, okay, for example, um, last year and the year before, the legislative body tried to push forward some of the worst, most extreme laws in the country. And those types, they didn't pass them all because PERC and other organizations like us were right there on the front lines to stop it from happening. But mm -hmm. what they did is they were trying to they were trying to literally take away the rights of doctors and patients, the doctor-patient relationship. They tried to censor doctors. They tried to force the COVID shot on everybody, zero to mm -hmm. you know uh, elderly. They tried to create uh, vaccine passports, and these were all things they were trying to push forward through laws. Okay, um, so that was one example in 2022. Um, then in 2023, the, in Sacramento, they were trying to bring forward all these laws related to gender affirming care that would essentially create, um, make parents the enemy in this, that if they didn't affirm a child, right. they could lose custody of that child. So we, they, we've seen in other states yeah. where it's actually happened. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. it's not just California, although there's a lot of concentration there uh, as far as what's going on. Right. And but part yeah. of my point with those big policy issues that they were trying to force on the people that would take away all these different rights, parental rights, medical mm -hmm. freedom, all of that constitutional rights is we showed people how to understand these issues, understand why they needed to engage mm -hmm. in it and actually how to take action. And so mm -hmm. millions we had millions of actions going out to those legislators, over 100,000 tweets. Okay, so we utilized social media to get the message to these legislators that this is a bad idea and here's why. Mm -hmm. And everyday people, every, like people that, you know, sometimes people think it's too complicated to try to get involved and make change and protect our rights or, you know, get involved in these issues. And it's just not. It, every person can do something. Mm -hmm. And so we've showed them how to do that through a lot of the work that we do. And I'm really, really proud of those people. I'm looking on your card here and there's uh, some other things I want y'all to know about, especially if you're in California and if you haven't engaged with PERC and support them and want to be part of that, uh, not only the, the educational rights we just talked about, but parental sovereignty. Good Lord, do you understand what it means when you're a parent, you bring this kid or these kids in the world and you turn these kids over to a bunch of bureaucrats mm. to raise them? That's a very dangerous thing. And, and you know, you're pointing out, as, as I would too, that, I want to decide what, you know, my kids are going to medically or otherwise, right? You know, th those kinds of things are part of what we would think a natural right if you're the parent. And that's been lost. That's yeah. fundamental. Every yeah. parent who has a child, that's a sacred relationship between the parent and the child. Mm -hmm. And that should never be interfered with with government or bureaucracies. Yeah. It's not their place. And then another statement here about medical freedom. Uh, engaging communities and leaders on key issues impacting medical liberties. I would only expand that to the health concept because yes. much of medicine has nothing to do with health. Mm -hmm. It's medical treatment, which is an allopathic uh, paradigm that believes you can poison people back to health. Mm. What an absurdity, mm -hmm. right? If there's a place for drugs. I acknowledge it, but in very few places, because my kids have been raised without antibiotics. They've never been vaccinated. And is it possible that they don't need medical freedom? They just needed health freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just as I, you know, working with the language, and by the way, you're an excellent communicator. Oh, and I you. say that as someone has interviewed almost 2000 people on this show, we're heading that way. Uh, and you have a clarity 
you yeah. have the you know the image coming that you're seeing comes right out verbally in a way that's very easy to understand. I it's appreciate that. I've been that married for almost four, 24 years. You think it's the marriage that did that? <laughs> I do. I'm going to ask your husband if that's I, the case. I think it's Was marriage. Was she always this good at communicating? And I think it's having three children yeah. where you know kids teach you when you're not getting it right and how you're communicating. Well, that means you're <laughs> so, an you're an excellent listener. Oh, well, thank you. Because you couldn't do this if you if you hadn't had that ability. And the other thing you have is advocacy and edu- education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it looks like a lot of things. How do people uh, engage with PERC? Can they participate? Is it Are you looking to hire people? Are they donating their time, their money? How does this work? Yeah. So, okay. So because of the work we do in such a difficult state, it is challenging yeah. in California. Yeah. We do need a lot of support. We need volunteers to help us. We need people who are interested, available, and competent to write letters to help mm-hmm. us with engaging with legislators, um, policymakers. We need people to, to support us through donations. Um, I would say in the space of donations, we actually have quite a few lawsuits in California, and we've won mm. several of our lawsuits, and several of our lawsuits have actually made it so that the state, the city, or the school district that, was, um, that were pushing forward mandates on first responders, kids, all of that, we won. So they had to pull back mandates in Los Angeles County, which is one of the most difficult school districts and counties in the entire country. And our lawsuits made it so the mandate was dropped or the mandates were rescinded. Um, we, we did that also in San Diego, where we represented first responders, police officers, firefighters. Nice. Wow. And they did not lose their jobs because of PERC and our lawsuit against the city, which then over the course of about a year and a half had to rescind their mandate because of our lawsuit it was going to trial. Nice. So um, the reason I bring that up is because mm. of three reasons. One, lawsuits and legal, any kind of legal work is really expensive. So it is really helpful when people donate and support us financially with resources so we can keep. Um, finishing what we started in the litigation space. Mm -hmm. And then second, I would say that, um, you know, these lawsuits are showing us that it's a multifaceted approach and that's part of how we're winning. It's not just the legislation. We're doing that. We're also teaching people how to take action. And then we're also litigating if laws pass that shouldn't pass or if policies get, you know, passed Mm -hmm. through school districts and stuff like that. So I think that that multifaceted policy or multifaceted strategy that PERC has is one of the reasons why we're winning on these issues in such a difficult state. So people can volunteer, they can donate. um, And honestly, even just following us on Twitter and following the actions that we push forward through our newsletters and Mm -hmm. on social media, that is part of the foundation of what makes us PERC. Um, We want every person to take action with us. On Facebook, your PERC group all together. Uh, I see it on Instagram, perk underscore group. And I don't even know what that is with the little ha- the, the perk, graduates hat. Uh, that would be. What social media is that? I don't oh, know if oh, that's, that supposed logo. To be, um, that's supposed to be um, the website. Oh, that's the website. <laughs> yeah, okay. so. I'm looking at this. Hat. I'm like, I don't recognize that. So you know how we're programmed to see <laughs> yes, images. They're very powerful. You're indoctrinated and, to see a certain exactly. way. Exactly. Going to change your paradigm. And in Twitter, of course, it, or X, it's perk underscore group as well. Right. So if you guys want to follow it and perk dash group or perk hyphen group dot com. Uh, do you have lawyers on staff? I mean, you know how expensive it is to do this i trust me we spend oh we have spent millions of dollars in litigation honestly to you're have not exaggerating i, I would not, imagine that's right i wish i was exaggerating wow. but i am not exaggerating lawyers are very yeah. expensive and it's super expensive i'll tell you another reason why it's expensive too mm. and why this matters is because um you're uh, we're up against 
the kinds of legal budgets that are astronomical, right? So LA- It's like the state. I mean, they have, they can't print money like the feds, but it's almost like they do. It is because they're getting funding from the from national funding sometimes. So when all the COVID stuff happened, they had all of the countermeasure funds coming in by the mm-hmm. billions of dollars. I'm not yeah. exaggerating that either. $15 billion to push forward mm-hmm. testing, vaccine mandates, masking, all the stuff that you saw so heavily in California. It didn't matter that kids were leaving or that there was a huge exodus for people in the state. Yeah, they weren't the, losing the tax base because the money was coming in through exactly, these emergency measures. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't yeah. matter that they were losing the money from the funding of the school itself for that pupil, mm-hmm. for that kid because they had other sources coming in from the federal um, level. So, and the reason why, again, the, the litigation and the fees on that, LAUSD had $330 million in their legal fund. So to, you had to fight them and you won anyway. We had to fight yeah. them and yeah. other school districts like them. The city of San Diego, millions of dollars in their funds for litigation were, so yes, we're, you know, lawyers are expensive, but good lawyers who can actually litigate these these yeah. issues successfully, they're even more expensive. That's even more expensive. And <laughs> but they're worth it. Priceless when you win, of course. That's right. Uh, it's That's amazing right. what you're doing. And I don't know. I mean, how all these years uh, I hadn't run into you and it's embarrassing for me <laughs> because it's like you're doing incredible work there. It's because, it's because... Listen, this is why, you know, in 2018, when we moved to California, we started PERC in 2019. Mm -hmm. So we are a little bit younger of an organization. And I think the reason you haven't heard from us is because we're right. Like, this is the time for us to be as loud and active as we are Mm -hmm. starting in 2019. And then the lockdown happened and we're a younger organization, but we're really effective in in how we do the work that we do. So now that you've heard of us, um, you're going to have to. Actually, can I be honest? I haven't heard of you either. So there you go. It's touche. No, I wasn't saying it as an insult. I was still like accusing myself of not knowing stuff. So, um, you know, terrible. But then again, you know, I'm the best kept secret in health talk media. So it's going to be hard to find me. Well, I'm the best kept secret from Arkansas. There you go. A lot of things we've had to overcome to be here and do what we do. Right, right, right. right. I had to learn how to talk because in Arkansas, you don't learn to read or write. That's right. And you learn how to speak very clearly. As I said, you know, some of the most uh, difficult obstacles lead you to the greatest accomplishments. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what we're doing here, of course, um, recognizing that, as I said, in the open, there's a lot of stuff in California where we all that are not in California shake our heads and go, oh, good Lord. That's not even part of the United States anymore. <laughs> it does feel like a communist country sometimes, it, yeah. I'll be honest with you. When we come to California, it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, come to, you know, Texas mm. or other states like, whoa, yeah. it's so free here. Yeah. But you know what I think, though? I think when you're in a, a space where there's so much oppression and potential tyranny right at the front door, it, it forces you to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Are you in this or are you not? Yeah. And when you have it right there in front of you, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's it's made us choose what path we want to take that we're committed to freedom yeah. by taking action in a state like California. Well, and this is, you know, in a broader sense of the history of, of the United States and it's dawning. It was, you know, a very small percentage of the people that actually wanted it. Many would just say, hey, let's just don't poke the bear, the big right. empire. But some folks thought it was worth it so much that they impacted others that were just kind of in the middle on the fence go either way. And then eventually overwhelmed even those that said, we don't want the freedom and we're having to relive it, redo it in another way. And in California is almost like a front front line of that. How far are we willing to abandon, allow that to be abandoned before we either give it up or 
we stand and fight and make make you know the dents that are needed to maybe hold the line until those people who have been part of it realize this is not a good path after all. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and I think too that you know, I, I learned this from my dad, which is it doesn't actually take everybody waking up for us to win this fight or this battle or revolution, you know, so it takes 3% of a population for them to actually, you know, have victory. And I think that if we actually come to these issues, medical freedom for health freedom, Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you on that. That is like a huge part of perk as well as our personal life and what we stand for. Yeah. But the thing is we have to come to a pair, come with a paradigm that we can actually win, that we can actually have victory on these issues and I think that's part of why we are winning in California and, and not it's not that we're not just leaving. Mm-hmm. It's that we genuinely believe that we can do this. You know, we're not staying in the state just because we want to be defeatist and like, right. you know, victims to what's happening. Look, if, if you, you know want to gripe, bitch, moan and complain, uh, you know, do it out on your own time. If you want to succeed, perk. <laughs> this perk hyphen group dot com is something that's actually succeeding. I'm encouraged to hear that. It's a, mm-hmm. a positive, uplifting story in the midst of a lot of just disaster after disaster and i'm I'm glad to connect with you guys it's hope it's it's and i think that the world needs to realize that this is that one of those unique moments in history when the global lockdown happened where Mm -hmm. tyranny was coordinated across the entire world so yeah i know we're talking about california but it was everywhere suppression Mm -hmm. of information um you know censoring truth doctors experts you name it pushing for these vaccine mandates and it wasn't just about the vaccine it was about this attempt to have a global takeover and tyranny Mm -hmm. um, and centralizing power and taking away the freedoms across the entire world you know from all these different countries you know and they coordinated it and so the thing that inspires me is that in the midst of something that seems impossible like how do you even fight back against a global takeover coordinated with all of these dictators and corrupt individuals across Mm -hmm. the world. What inspires me is the people. It's the resilience of the people who were willing to say no, and they didn't comply in those different moments. It's the people who took it to the streets in Austria or Australia or Germany, where it's like, it's not just one or two or three people. It's tens of thousands marching in the streets it's mm-hmm. millions of people and so it makes me feel a lot of hope that we're we're in this together in some capacity with a united resilience and human spirit that you know you might be, live in a different country or a different state than us but it doesn't matter because we're in something that's unique in my opinion in this particular time of history and it's awakened awakened us mm-hmm. all over the world and it doesn't take every single person to be awake. It takes enough no. of us to be awake for us to make a difference right well, now. Well, if you wanted to be inspired, uh, you have the opportunity to share this as well to inspire others to know that even in some of the worst scenarios that uh, there are people doing good work, pushing back little by little. And they don't often get much publicity or press. And it is about are communicating with one another and listening to one another that allows for the success where others would say it's futile, it's hopeless, there's no chance, there's no opportunity. And if you believe that, of course, just go off and sulk and, you know, kind of cry until you one day realize, hey, man, I, I don't have to do that. I can actually step up and see this thing through. And, th- and this is not to say, and I'm not accusing anybody of being less than awesome just because, you know, you have those moments where you feel like, there's no way we can win. That's part of you know the experience too. I've been down in those places and then you get back up. But ho- how you get back up is because you interact with good folks mm. like Amy, 
uh, that are not saying we're done, we're defeated. It's not over. It is not over. And uh, I'm encouraged hearing what you're you're having to share with us. And if you guys want, check it out, perk-group.com. And it looks like you got a whole team here, including your family. I so do have a whole great team. support system. I have a team. I have a family, you know, mm-hmm. and, and good people like you also. I'm so glad we met and we're able to, to do this and have this conversation because I'm inspired by you, too, that you've been here for decades, you know, interviewing people Make and talking sound old. to me. <laughs> I want to ask how old you are. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask really all the gray well. in the beard gives it away, but yeah, no, I, I still, I'm still here and you're right. It, 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 why I didn't give up. Mm-hmm. There are certainly times where it'd been easy to, especially, you know, in the last few years because of the censorship and the deplatforming beyond, you know, the initial stage in radio where I did things that nobody said were possible. I didn't know they weren't. So I just did them. Ah. And, you know, that's part of it. Not buying into anybody that would tell you no or it's impossible. Mm. Or in fact, sometimes you're driven by the fact someone will say, you can't do that. You're like, oh, just watch. Actually, I think that's part of what's in my heart, I too. I think it is. Right? Yeah. Like if someone says, you can't eat that piece of pie. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to eat that gonna piece I'm going to eat that one and yours, too. And yours, right? too. How's your husband get anything to eat? <laughs> He doesn't eat at all because I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of the dynamic. I would have fun interviewing him next, knowing what, what you're all about. This would be the, the real oh, no, the no, rest no. of the story. You, cannot be, you, can't, be, oh, you totally. can't interview my husband because he'll tell you all the pies. That you, no, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm with you. One of my favorite things is pie. It's got to be organic, though. Okay. And yes. I actually don't even like pie that much except for key lime pie. I'm just like Ooh. making a joke with that. Yes. But and I as, do feel feisty if someone says you can't do it. Mm-hmm. I like want to prove it to them that yeah. I actually can do it. So. Well, yes. and I believe God knows the things that will instigate that response in yeah. us. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 so we could, again, just be angry at somebody saying that or we can go, wow, I think that's a call to uh, whether you call it arms. I'm not talking about violence, but, you know, it's a call to step it up and say, you know what, I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. You know, well, don't you feel like this is this unique time in the world where it is a call for people to step up for freedom? It's for a sure. call because all these things are happening and we're the ones that are in this time and generation. We're the ones that are alive right now. So they called the World War II, you know, the people during that time, the greatest generation. And I actually think they were until now because I think we have to be the greatest greatest generation because of this global mm-hmm. attempt to take over all of our freedoms. It's not over. No. I think we're kind of in the eye of the storm right now yeah. where there's a calm, a little bit of a calm. But um, I think there's a lot we have to be prepared for and make sure that we're in tune with what we need to do to make a difference in what's happening. Well, well I feel a little bit better about visiting California now, knowing that y'all are there. What, where do you live? Where is it? Well, you'd only be able to have a free place to stay. Well, you only, it's only a free <laughs> section of California where we live. In right. Thousand, thousand it's the little area. free zone, if you will. <laughs> what do you got? We the this, parents? That's really oh, cool. Look at this. Yes. You know what? You, you said, what this. can people do? Yeah, um, check this out. We're actually, we've, we've just brought forward this merchandise, We the Parents. Mm-hmm. Don't tread on our sons and daughters. Be, and people can buy them online. Nice. Get but the reason too? is it's, it's, a, it's a theme and a campaign ah, and a that. movement. Freedom is everything. Freedom is everything. Yeah. Parents, mm-hmm. I love that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, it's symbolic for We the People, yeah. which uh, obviously is the in the constitution but we the yep. parents is is just like the like boldest it. statement right. to say you know what gavin newsom you ain't taking away our kids or yeah. our parental rights or anything and in fact not only you're not taking those away but there are people all over this state and all over this country mm-hmm. that understand what we the parents mean which is that you cannot get between us and our children well yeah. and, and when we draw let's say the proverbial line in the sand the problem is 
those in government like Gavin Newsom have not feared the people in a long time. Mm. And we realize, you know, that the old adage, you know, is saying, you know, when people feel the government, there's tyranny. When the government fears the people, there's liberty. Correct. And as I said, this is not a call for, for violence, but the violence has been engaged by the government on us, on parents taking our children, forcing them to do things that we would not allow, you know, have them do or that they're not capable intellectually to do, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of making medical decisions, other Correct. things like that. So there is an absolute righteousness to this cause. And I'm not, you know, making it a religious uh, issue, even though there are a lot of people of faith that, uh, you know, are, are drawn to this. But you don't have to be if you have a kid and you have any religion or no religion at all. Do you want the best for them? And what does that mean? It means that you have until the age of majority, at least, some level of control. And I don't mean this in a bad way of like, you know what? I want to protect my kids to keep them kids as long as I can so that they're prepared to go out as adults and engage with the world without, you know, the, the abuse. There's enough abuse that can happen in a family, you know, unfortunately. But the abuse coming from the government means it's on everybody. and No mm -hmm. one can escape it unless you say, you know, uh, -uh enough, mm -hmm. enough. And uh, how you're doing it. Very impressive. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate that very much and look forward to, to talking to you guys again. If there are any other upcoming events that you're participating in, I guess, you know, somebody must have told you about the the Autism Health Summit. Yes. To be here. Yes. Yes. We know Tracy and Steve. They're great okay. people. They're amazing. And, yeah. Yes. We've met them in California and I actually am speaking tomorrow um, here at the summit and I'm very excited. I, I, I actually love that they're doing this. You know, this is such a great conference and mm -hmm. bringing the experts and just you know best minds together and bringing people together for this topic and issue it's awesome. so i speak tomorrow i'm going to speak tomorrow as well oh good. or whenever people hear this and see this it might be yesterday i don't know but right <laughs> now uh, we're having a great time at the autism health summit thanks to uh, tracy slepsevic for inviting us over here and your topic to uh, uh you're lecturing on my topic is medical uh medical and educational rights okay. related to kids so i'm actually going to talk about what Perk does who we are some of the accomplishments and big wins we've had in California, right. but also just how people can get involved and, and engage no matter what state they're in. And, and I think the other thing I'm covering is vaccine policy in general, mm -hmm. uh, because I think I think that none of these things happen overnight. And a lot of these issues have been, you know, a slow burn. You know, it's been from uh, 2012. 2012 was the very first law they tried to push forward to remove medical freedom and uh, religious freedom with with kids and parental rights on these mm -hmm. issues related to vaccines specifically. Yeah. So I think that we if we understand history and understand where the policies are coming from and how they've done it one drop at a time, yeah. then we actually can start creating a, a strategic game ourselves where we can um, say, OK, mm -hmm. we may not be able to change everything in one day and one night and one bill or one policy mm -hmm. but, or one lawsuit. But actually, let's have a 10 year plan. Let's have a 15 year plan. That That's where we've been at a disadvantage because so yeah. many of us live day to day. Right. And they have a century long plan to yes. take away our freedom. So yes. we've got to be smarter about it. And it sounds like you are strategically and in other other ways. And don't ever let anybody tell you that. You're from Arkansas and you can't do something. You can do everything. <laughs> That's right. And anything. I can and read I see and it. I can write. No, and she actually... speaks very well. Or shall I say very good? No, very I can't say that. Good. I know better than that. Very well. Yes. You speak very well. Very, right? very well. You say good or well. Depends, right? <laughs> we go back to English school, whatever that was. I, I learned how to speak Southern when I was in Georgia. Oh, you uh, did? Oh, yeah. I can do that. Did with... you speak actual English? 
yeah, well, Southern English, but <laughs> I wouldn't have understood it as a New Yorker when I was a little kid, probably. Oh. Uh, but uh, it switched it up, and I appreciate that very much. There's, you know, there's a broad diversity of experiences in this country, right? You go mm -hmm. state to state, and you're like, are we in the same country uh, and on this planet? And I think it's, you know, it's a great place when we acknowledge the distinctions difference don't mean that we have to hate one another, fear one another, attack one another, but we got to grow up mm. again. Right. Right. We got to become mature spiritually as well as intellectually engage in these things. And we find that it's best to find a way to live with other people, not in uh, violence, but in, you know, some level of peace and harmony, because it's in our best interest to do so. We have to dialogue. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think part of the problem with social media culture right now oh, yeah. is um, everything you, you just cancel people just if they disagree with you. Mm -hmm. And that and that entire space of dialogue has just changed where you just cancel people out. You stigmatize them, you call them names and that's yeah. it. Right. So I think if you bring back, like you said, you know, we can disagree with each other um, and, and that's OK. Like, you can even appreciate the distinctions. And right. what I always like to do is find out why does someone believe what they believe? Why do you believe what you believe? And then get their backstory and, and listen, not judge them. It's like you might find that, my gosh, if I went through what you went through, I probably believe the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And here's yeah. why I believe differently, because and maybe they'll then listen to you as far as your story of how you got here. And they'll go, oh, no, I had never considered that. Right. That's the kind of thing that happens when you do what you do, which is truly communicate. By listening and being an example for others, Amy Bond, doing great. Really amazing. Thank you. So I'm going to sneak your husband on later and ask him all the other <laughs> stuff. So He will tell you. He can't tell you any of my secrets. Yeah, no, he's going to be like, I've been sworn to secrecy and I will not get any pie if I, if I tell you anything. So uh, It's true. It's true. He's Amy, a great husband, though. Oh, I, I could tell. He's a he's, good guy. I'm very, very blessed. I'm yeah. Really, I'm and really he's, and he's like, even though he's from California, he's got Texas in him. I can tell. He's got Texas in him. He's wearing a flannel shirt right mm -hmm. now, and he doesn't have cowboy boots on. We're still working on that, yep. but you know, <laughs> he's a, he is a great man and a great father. And you know, and, and at, for men, mm -hmm. I, I would really love. This is just this is just me, yeah. but um, you know, I'd really love to see men be as active and engaged as like my husband is, you know, mm -hmm. and, and my dad. And cause I, we really need the dads out there. Yeah, you know, we, do. we, we need them to be present on these issues. We've had the warrior moms that have led the charge. Right. Uh, and, and they're phenomenal and, and so important, but where are the dads? Where are the we warrior dads, the dads protecting their families for too long. They've kind of also abandoned that role and gave it, given it to government or doctors or other, you know, and looked at their wives and said, what do you know? Just like this patriarchal thing. That's not a good kind of patriarchy because it's not really protective. Right. It's we need, really we need more dads that. and men involved. Like, you know, like my husband, he's, he's very involved. He's very supportive. My father um, is a Vietnam veteran mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's my, my dad. Uh, he, I think, I think we can learn from, our, you know, the, the veterans out there too, you know, they've got something very unique to offer all of us who haven't mm. ever been to war before, yeah. where they understand some tactical things that are happening in our culture and in our, our, our country yeah. that are unique to losing freedom. You know, they see that pattern. And I definitely have learned a lot, you know, from my dad about uh, just making sure that we do whatever it takes to preserve freedom and to fight for freedom. And, you know, he's one of many veterans who put their lives on the line and have for, for a very long time for all of us mm -hmm. to be able to speak 
and yeah. like disagree and all the things that are happening. Well, I'm going to have to speak to your whole family at this point. <laughs> and maybe your dad will tell some secrets. Your husband won't. So we'll have to see about that. But, well, my dad will just speak in Spanish to you. Oh, is that right? He's I'll from get, Argentina. So. Wow. That's so cool. I have to get my daughter. She she does Spanish really well. We were just in Colombia uh, uh, in December at a healing retreat. Oh. And thank God my daughter was with me because she's amazing with languages. I'm like, I'm clueless. And she's uh, just speaking and they're all thinking she's from there. That's uh, how she, she does that. She's got that natural ability. Oh, that's but awesome. I, yeah, I very much appreciated some of those. Uh, I would call them very ancient traditions relative to the youngness of America, United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see thousands of years of history play itself out. Now, a lot of countries, even them, they've lost a lot of the connection to that. But for me to go into these countries and, and reconnect and see that long, rich history of the things that we've never heard of or known, uh, you know, I'm enriched by it. I, you know, I might think, you know, as an American, well, that's weird. But, dude, how many things we do are just totally weird to everybody else because they've never been done. Do but, you mean like when you travel to other like mm, countries yeah. and see kind of the culture there? I like to immerse myself. And that's what I'm interested in, not how how Western they become. I'm like, show me the stuff that isn't. And, and, you know, I'm going to be benefited. I went to uh, uh, West Africa many years ago in the 1990s. Uh, and I was, you know, as a healthcare person and, and you know, it was kind of a church trip. And I went to speak to the, the doctors there. And I said to the, the doctors, I said, you guys, you guys need to throw the medicine of the white man out. I'm like, this is a weird thing to say as a white guy from America. Mm. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? It's like, we screwed it all up. We (laughs) need to go back into the bush. Go back in the bush and save the medicine of your ancestors because that's what's going to save us. We're poisoning everything. Mm. And yet they looked up to us Mm. because we are enamored like we all were in the 20th century. Scientific advancements, breakthroughs, medicine. And we we kind of abandoned critical thinking to say just because we can do something is it a good thing to do. And and so it was kind of a uh, an experience that I'll never forget. And years later, I had uh, uh, one of the young men that I uh, visited with who was part of that group. And and sometimes when you do an experience like that, you think and you wonder, did that really happen the way I remember it? Where you told him to throw right? the through the right. white man exactly because I've been saying really that say for that? years, and I'm asking myself, did I make that up? It's been so many years. <laughs> And, and, and so I met him in, in, uh, in Denver at an event just out of the blue. He happened to be there. This guy that he's in America now. And I said, I got to ask you something. You were there on the beach in Ghana when we were meeting. And did I really say, yeah, you said that and more. And then he went on to proceed how oh it impacted gosh. him and his sister and how it saved her. You know, all of these things. And you never know how just speaking something so outrageous in one sense, mm. but had such an impact that could save many lives wow. at the same time. And I don't say this to throw out all modern medicine that's never what i've said but by and large where it exists as a monopoly that predominantly uh, uh, eliminates our freedom to say you know what that medicine might be good for you it's not good for me and my family and my kids coming back to parental rights again come back to that's a big issue around the world as certain segments of our population have adopted I would call it the false religion of pharmaceutical mysticism. Absolutely. Where Absolutely. it's like, that doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to have a, a choice, that's fine. But to predominantly say everybody has to do this and nothing else. Right. And it's, it's, you're right. I totally agree with you. That's how I feel personally and mm-hmm. our family as well. I believe in natural medicine. And I think mm-hmm. we've come so, we've come so far away from um, natural ways to heal because yeah. pharmaceutical it's not, it's a pharmaceutical industry that's corrupt yeah. and oftentimes they're built on fraud. Um, so again, I don't, we don't throw every single thing out as well, but a lot, but my problem is it's the foundation of it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's corrupted 
corruptible and there's so much money being um you know infused into it yeah. lobbying efforts to propagandize their products to the people mm -hmm. and so they're often selling things that aren't good for people or aren't good for children or you know you take vaccines for example and the whole vaccine program is pretty much built on on fraud and a yeah. lie right so that to me is an indicator of the bigger issue, which mm. is the fact that the pharmaceutical company itself is um, it, it's corrupt, right? Yeah. So I, I think that that's a that's a I agree with you. Well, it's and I've called it it's rooted in collectivism. Why do I say that? Because when you have a one size fits all scenario, which vaccines are, everybody gets the same amount. Everybody it doesn't matter who you are. You're like, wait a second, collectivism. I read about that in history. That leads to socialism, which leads to communism, which leads to no private ownership of any property, least of all your own body. You become wards of the state. Your kids become wards of the state. We come full circle again That's trying right. to say, where's parental rights? You don't right. have any because your kids are born as vessels of the state through the birth certificate and then numbering them like cattle with a Social Security They're number. They're owned by the state They're essentially exactly. by how they set it up, the system. And so this has turned into quite a Sunday conversation. I think this is going <laughs> to air on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy Bond is just stimulating all kinds of cool discussion points here in addition to what she's doing with Perk. Uh, so and she's rolling with me. You can see she's not at all afraid of anything I'm saying. It's like not that I'm trying to frighten you, but you know, after know. all these years, to, you, you trying to scare me? after all these years, you didn't even know who I was. You're going to get it all, <laughs> I right? I, well, why not? We're here right now. This is exactly. the moment. So let's seize this day. Engaging, engaging. But what were this. you going to say? Because you were about to say an important point. Unless you yes, it. no, no, it, it relates to this idea of collectivism, yes. right? Is there, you know, I could talk to a doctor about a lot of things. I'm, you know, a homeopath. I engage and I read the medical literature. Sometimes they're like, how do you know what you know? I'm like, because I read. And I, you know, like, do you read? Oh, no, I don't read. Uh, so this collectivism, one size fits all. I say, doc, okay, you, you love this vaccine. Oh, yeah, the vaccines are great. Everybody should get them. Yeah, everybody should get them. All right. How about uh, name the drug? Should everybody be on this drug? Everybody. All of them. But no, we don't do that. I mean, if you got, we, we need to qualify you if you need the drug. It's like, how, how is it that, that, you know, that one size fits all suddenly is you, you recognize that in order to be a good doctor. And I mean, this as an allopath, as a homeopath, you have to respond to the needs of the individual and find out there are unique strengths, unique weaknesses or things that are manifesting that are in that individual or that kid or that adult that are not happening in this one or in this one, this one. Do you give them all the same thing? Mm. And so, I, you know, I come back to that as a root evil if we talk about the goodness of america is it was the first country in recorded history that acknowledged rights come from god not government mm -hmm. and that the rights are individual not rooted in group identity dynamic or membership mm, so that true. was a significant shift and yet even if we have quote-unquote good doctors they're engaged in a system of medicine that is not honoring to the individual mm -hmm. unless that doctor steps out of that and then they're threatened with loss of their license yes because yeah. I agree with you. I was going to add to that, too, because I think in the vaccine program, mm -hmm. one of the things that we hear that's so wrong, um, I think goes along with what you're saying, is they, they're okay with sacrificing one for the good of all, mm -hmm. right? But that philosophy is actually very dangerous. It's also rooted in that same concept, exactly, collectivism. Collectivism, yeah. exactly. And so when they say it's okay for one child to have to die or have severe vaccine injury because it's for the good of all, that is like that is the antithesis of um, freedom, you mm -hmm. know, and it's 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 the path that is taking. I think so many of these policies, you know, they're okay with that idea, and but I think it's um, I think with the doctors, 
they're they are indoctrinated to believe that vaccines are safe and effective. Sure. And so that inconsistency that we see based on okay, for typically doctors are going to treat um, people based on what's best for that individual, right? Yeah. You know, one because one size doesn't fit all, right. and so they're assessing that typically very well as mm. a doctor, right? And trying this, trying that, but it may not work for this person that. But with vaccines, they they like check their brain at the yeah, door, exactly. And it, but it's because they've been indoctrinated to believe that that vaccines are in a different category, mm-hmm. that they're safe and effective always. Yeah. Right. Which is, of course, we know that that's not true, mm-hmm. but that's what they're taught to believe. And I think that indoctrination. You don't re- the whole point of indoctrination. You don't even realize you're being indoctrinated when you're being indoctrinated, mm-hmm. right? You have to have something that yeah. a mechanism that wakes you up to the indoctrination, and that's where we come in and say, you know what, being safe and you know this idea of vaccines are safe and effective, right, it right. isn't true because none of the vaccines. So then you hit safe and you hit effective. So none of the vaccines yeah. have been ever tested. Um, through double-blind placebo-controlled studies, studies. Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's how you teach. I think that you, you there's a way to break open that indoctrination mm-hmm. um, for people, but well, I think and, it's dangerous on that. And have people define their terms. That's another thing. When we use words, don't assume we know the meaning of the word that someone's using, even though you know the dictionary definition. They might be using a completely different meaning to that word. And that's another aspect of the communication is asking questions about, I heard you say this. Uh, did you mean this? Because when I hear that word, this is what it means. Like, mm. oh, no, that doesn't, you know, like suddenly you're like, whoa, I thought we were speaking the same language and you're not. Right. And right. so, uh, you know, even when we talk about safe and effective, define safe, define effective. Mm. And then they might say safe. Yeah, one in a million could die and it's safe. But it's like then you show them it's not one in a million. It's, you know, on and on it goes. If you can engage intellectually in a way that doesn't cause them to run or scream at you because you're attacking them. Right. It's a great patience that you've learned mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Right. Because otherwise people double down. Mm-hmm. Right. If you yeah. if you don't approach it in a way that is effective. And sometimes we have to try different ways and sometimes it doesn't work on one day because it's a timing for people to understand what we're talking about on these issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right about the definition of things, right? Safe yeah. and effective. You're right. Somebody's perspective or paradigm or definition of safe could be that when you're like, oh, no, that's it doesn't not meet the same. same definition yeah, to me, right? Same criteria, yeah. same fundamentals. Yeah. And so we end up speaking over or past one another. Yes. And we don't even know it. And then we get frustrated and angry. We come back to that same place again where you have found a way to be patient enough to help guide people to a deeper understanding, perhaps, or realization. Uh, and, you know, it's to your credit. As I said, when we started this interview, I had no idea if it was going to be a five minute interview. Here we are doing a full hour off a Sunday conversation on something I think is so very important for all of us, not just those of you in California, mm-hmm. but all around uh, to be an example of how we can succeed, right. how we can these, do better. All of these issues, health freedom issues, um, liberty, all these fundamental rights, parental rights, they transcend They transcend country lines. They mm-hmm. can't transcend political parties. They transcend you know, different things that typically label us like our you know, race or religion mm-hmm. or ethnicity right. or any of those things. Those things really don't matter when it comes to these fundamental things. And that's why yeah. I feel like sometimes the reason why we're, we, we've got to think beyond um, the political parties is because yeah. if it becomes just a party issue, like the Republicans all are for parental rights and the Democrats are not, then I think that's how we lose on these battles because we have to remember that Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, whatever the background is, um, parental rights is going to transcend every political party, mm. every religion, because it's something that's fundamental, right? Yes, so when we get yes. caught in 
the, di- the dialectic, we call it, the Hegelian dialectic, dialectic right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we play into the hands of those who are manipulating like puppets yes. of strings, all right. of us, right? right? And the smartest among us can fall for it. Just mm-hmm. look at the doctors. They're, they're pretty darn smart to do what they do, but boy, are they manipulated. Boy, right. are they programmed. So don't think, don't get cocky because you're smart. You can be just as manipulated and programmable as anybody, sometimes even more so. Mm. So as we wrap up here, this has become our Sunday conversation here. Uh, Which I've loved it too, by the you've way. You've enjoyed it? I have okay. loved talking with you. Oh, I yeah. have no idea how much it would, it would be this fun. Dude, I, like I said, that, that, you know, I said. Are you calling me dude? Like, yeah, I think now you're allowed to do that. That's changed <laughs> yeah, over the yeah. years. Like you couldn't call a woman a dude, but now it's kind of a vernacular that's uh, not gender specifics talking about gender confusion i'm not trying to confuse anybody <laughs> i was going to ask your definition of dude but no right it's okay. right yes no that's an important part of this uh but the enjoyment i get in having conversations like this and and surprisingly because we'd never met before mm-hmm. almost this moment that we're talking here to see what can what can you do in that time frame mm-hmm. how can you gauge i was of course genuinely intrigued and interested in what perk was doing but you know, for me, the real story is the human being behind mm-hmm. it, what you're doing, and then your family connections and your dad and all of that stuff. So uh, how excited uh, I am to learn about you and hopefully we can stay in touch. Uh, I hope so, too. I would love that. And, and thank you more. for everything that you do, too. I've yeah. loved this conversation. As Amy well. Bond, uh, perk-group.com. We're at robertscottbell.com. Links are in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Two hours a day, six days a week live plus then because bonus round and then Sunday conversations like we've just had. We didn't know it. I didn't know we were having that. We did it and it was amazing and I hope you enjoyed it. Please check it out, support their group. And uh, hopefully if there's an event that you guys are at, I can be there one day too. Would and love I, that. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. You. Remember the power to heal, even politically is yours. Mm-hmm.